Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. This morning was filled with a plethora of decisions by me and everybody else. For those of you who are not good decision makers, you don't know where you're eating today. And you're in a crisis. Because though the worship was good, at some point during the service you'll get hungry, but you didn't think about it. You didn't prepare a meal and you didn't arrange to be someplace. You're going to make the decision to be in a long line. And I, and I bless you. It was your decision. Some people say, statisticians say there are 35,000 decisions that we make every day. I think that's a little exorbitant and ridiculous because you sleep eight hours and then if that would make two, uh, 2,000 decisions within an hour and basically one decision for every two seconds, that's just unrealistic. But you know you make hard decisions every day and you need decisions to be good you need them to be educated, informed, and you need them to be powerful. Because as the great John Maxwell says, the choices that you make actually make you. It's powerful. So if I was to reflect on my own life and I excluded my faith and I excluded my lovely family, one of the most important decisions that I made was whether I was going to stay in Detroit or move to Atlanta. Now, when I kneel down to pray at 6 a.m. in the morning and I begin to have this conversation with God, he neither said Detroit nor Atlanta, he said Nashville. <laughs> and this is when you know it's God giving you the opportunity to make a choice or a decision because Nashville wasn't in my heart. Nashville was far from my heart. I didn't know about hot chicken nor Music City. I just, I, I just, I just wanted to go to Atlanta. And, but there's a moment when God impresses something on your heart or speaks something to you where it's undeniable. Like there's nothing you could do to like undo the fact that you've heard from God and you've been touched by God and you've been mirrored by God. And, and once you know, when I knew, I actually sat up in my seat and I contemplated something that's really hard. Like I, I'm not going to Nashville. That's what he wants. That's not what I want. I do have a choice in the matter. And I can feel that sense of a decision that had to be made. And, and not the third time the Lord said it to me, I, I don't know if you've ever been here, but, but I just did the adult thing to do when you disagree with another adult. I, I ain't going. And it's kind of like, well, what you going to do about it? You kill me. And then I just felt my chest tightening up. It just tightened right up. Obviously, God won that decision. And as we look at the text today, you're going to see God driving people to the opportunity to take advantage of a right decision or a wrong decision. You're going to be finding yourself in the Bible story and you're going to be asking the question, am I making a good decision or a bad decision? Am I aligned with the right group or the wrong group? I want to make no mistake about it. 
For some of you watching online and in this room, it is the most important decision you can make for Christ. I'm going to drive you to that point, but there's much more beyond that. For the majority of the room, I assume they say yes to Christ. There's something more he wants from you, and I'm going to help you discover it today. All right, so let's go to Matthew 28, and we're going to join in with the online audience, and we're going to join in with this live audience, and we're going to read the scripture together as it shows up on the screen. I'm going to say, ready, you'll read power, diction, clarity, Annunciation, rhythm. It's high expectations on this reading. Online, we don't know if you mess up, but somehow I will know. I'm going to say ready, and then you read. Ready, read. Let me bring you up to the point of where the text is now. Now, let me catch you up with some things that have happened for the part of our audience that may not know. Friday was Good Friday. This is the day that Jesus was scourged and crucified on the cross. The reason that he had to die on the cross is because the Bible says the wages of sin is death and the free gift of God is eternal life. And all of sin, that's all of us, and fallen short of the glory of God. To when you were born in sin, you were born with a problem. You and God don't have an eternal relationship. He didn't want to live with that. So the scripture says he wrapped himself in the likeness of sinful flesh. And he was fully God and fully man, lived the life we should live so that he could take the penalty that we should take. Now, all sin deserves penalty. And so Christ said this. He said, he who knew no sin would become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And then he was therefore wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him. And he opened not his mouth. He was a sheep before his shears, his dumb. He was crowned with thorns. He was put on a robe to be mocked as the king of the Jews, though he was the king of kings. 
They spit on him, they hit him, they blindfolded him and say, prophesied, they, they, they abused him and hurled abuse at him. And the only thing he's found saying, well, several things he said on the cross is after he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of your sin and my sin, past and present, and every human being was laid on him, the weight of it, of which God can have nothing to do with. He put himself in that vulnerable position for love for you and for me. And at the height of his pain, he says this to his father, forgive them, forgive James. He, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He took his last breath and a man who was considered a, a believer of Aramaeus, he, he got the body, he allowed it to be wrapped. They quickly put spices on it because the Sabbath was coming. They put him in a borrowed tomb and they sealed it up. And this is the beginning of the story in the text that we have here. And what you're gonna find in the text is two groups of people, I'm gonna separate them from you right away. You got the soldiers, you got the chief priests, you got Pilate in that group. And then you're gonna have a woman named Mary Magdalene, Mary, the other Mary, Joanna, Susanna, the women in Jesus' life and his ministry who followed him. And then there's a third player in this story and I told you, you would be that third player and you can be in that story. Figuring out whether your life resembles the life of the soldiers or the life of the women because this story is contrasting these quasi-eyewitnesses with these eyewitnesses. And here it goes. Now the soldiers, you got to understand, the Roman soldier took whatever he wanted. He, had, he was a man under authority, but they were brutal men. They were experts at killing you, and they had no problem doing it. The only reason that you find soldiers at the tomb is because the chief priests and the Pharisees thought they had heard that Jesus said that if you tear down this temple, he would rebuild it. They had heard that he said that he would be raised again from the dead. And because they didn't want any shenanigans and somebody to actually steal the body, they asked Pilate could guards be put there and a seal was placed on the tomb, a Roman seal that if you broke that seal, you would be killed. If you removed that stone, you would be killed. If you, if, you, if you let it happen and you were a soldier, you would be killed. So they're thinking, surely no one would risk their life like that in the hands of professional killers. This group is standing guard and, and the Bible says an angel came in dazzling brilliance after an earthquake, the stone gets moved and they're sitting there and the Bible says the soldiers said, and like just fell out. The Bible says they became lifeless, they became dead, they become inoperative, they were, they were in shock. And they ran back, not to their boss, they ran back to the chief priests of Israel who called and orchestrated Jesus' crucifixion, who hated Jesus. They went to Jesus' haters, and we'll get to them in a minute, so that's the first group, shady folk. And nobody in here is thinking they want to be a part of that group, but let's just wait and see. Let's check you out. You got to determine this. You're a player in the story. Now, the women, one of the most disrespected groups on the planet at the time were women. Had no real, real power. Um, they, they, uh, testimony wouldn't hold up in court. 
um, they, the men in their community would pray frequently and thanking God that they were not women. These are not some people that you want to use as your credible eyewitnesses. But these women, one of them, Mary of Magdala or Magdalene, he cast seven devils out of her. Let me tell you something. You cast seven devils out of me, and that freedom come? I didn't let you know he cast devils out. That's a real thing. If that didn't scare you a little bit, he can get the devil off of you. You, you, you follow him. Because nobody else was getting the devil off of you. You take whoever can help you. This woman heard his teachings. These women supported his ministry. They were known to have followed him. Some call him disciples, some call him followers, but we know they was around Jesus and Jesus was welcoming to women. Isn't that good to know if you're a woman here? Jesus was welcoming to women. If we want to be like our Savior, there's a certain way we care for women, men, that's around us. Certain way we look at them, certain way we compliment them, some way, you know, chivalry is not dead because Christ is alive and he's not dead. He, 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 he was like that. When these women were on the way to the tomb, they knew that a stone was there. They were having the conversation, who gonna move the stone? I don't know. What are we gonna do? We got our spices. We want to anoint them. We can't move it. They was in a crisis. They heard the earthquake. And the stone was moved away by the angel. And I know that you would think, oh, that's how Jesus got out the tomb. The angel came up. No, no, Jesus could walk through walls. You know, the tomb was not open for Jesus to get out. The tomb was open for the eyewitnesses to seek him. When the women group saw the open tomb, they did something different than the men group, the soldier group. They went in. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you, because we don't watch scary movies in my house. You know, if you're at the cemetery, the thing is, is to get in and get out, not to go in to the creepy spots. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not scared. I, I'm just telling you now, men not going to just go in there. Women, if somebody, if they children or somebody they love is in there, they're going into the dark. I got to get my baby. You, I'll be telling my wife, let's, wait a minute, honey, let's think about it. Let's think about it. It could be spiders in there. A rat can jump out. Somebody can say, <laughs> Okay, so... So they go in, and when they get in, they see the linen, and there's two angels sitting on either side of the head and foot where Jesus was, and, and, and the angels say, why are y'all seeking the living among the dead? Why are you thinking that you're coming to see a dead man? Don't you remember when he was living, he told you he would suffer, die, be buried, and rise again? Why aren't you coming in here and say, I told y'all, yeah, he ain't here. Yeah, let's get our praise on. No. The, 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 the other women were told by the angel, hey, y'all need to get out of here and, and go tell everybody he's risen. But then there was one woman who was stuck in her grief. 
stuck in her pain. Mary Magdalene, she, she was distraught. You, you, you know, there's some things you can go through. There's some losses that you can have. There's some pain that can enter your life that paralyzes you. And the only thing you want to do that's consistent with living is living your pain. And that was taken away from her. And she doesn't know what her body is. And she comes out of the tomb, not going to tell the good news that Jesus is risen. But she starts questioning everybody. Where, 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 where is he at? Oh, where is he at? And she's weeping. She's blinded by her her. her grief and she goes up to a gardener and says, look, look, I see you. Did you take him? Did you take him? Where did you take him? Jesus said, all right, I got to help this woman. (laughs) Jesus, who is the gardener, reveals himself by saying, hey, Mary, 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 Mary. She said, Roboni? Teacher, even Her response, hints of confusion with the fullness of his identity because she picks his lowest title, teacher. She's not even willing to give him the highest title because sometimes information is just too good to be true. And you test it. I want to be saved, but I don't know. Do we want to save me? teacher and he said look Mary (laughs) you're seeking me equals finding me (laughs) seeking equals finding and then Jesus is gone he catches up to the women who already was obedient And, and you know the first thing he says to them he walks up to the other group of women. He comes, Jesus. I'm gonna walk like I think Jesus walked. <laughs> Jesus, they don't even know it's me. <laughs> he says, "Greetings," or he said, "Rejoice!" Y'all need to be jumping. It's me. J to the E to the S to the U to the S. Yeah. <laughs> It's Jesus in the <laughs> He's happy is what I'm trying to communicate. He's joyful. He is not looking at them in their broken, confused state. The scripture says he met them along the way. Jesus comes along your path and along your journey, and he meets you in your shame. He meets you in your guilt. He meets you in your confusion. He meets you in your lost personality, and he gives you an opportunity to come face to face because when you're seeking, him you're finding him because everyone that seeks finds everyone that asks is given and everyone that knocks the door is open to him and you know what they begin to do the scripture said they grabbed him it's like they caught the the Jesus leprechaun like I got you like he's the pot of gold now that's what they're dealing with him more as limited to his physical presence and his physical mission and they're grabbing him with the intent to hold him hostage to their will. They're grabbing him with the focus on never letting him go to do another thing and get out of their presence. This is where we live in church today. We would love to stay in that choir singing moment. He lives, he lives, 
Christ Jesus lives today. Hour three, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Hour five, he lives. Because it's something comforting when you find Jesus to just stay hanging out with Jesus in a worship environment because seeking him is finding him and finding him leads you to an opportunity to worship him. They begin to kiss his feet, bow down before him. And I can recognize the importance of this. You know, I was uh, thinking about the soldiers. Where are they at in the story? Let's contrast them missing. They had an opportunity to do more. You know, this is a funny story, a little, little praise break, just pause, that little, little break here. You know, a few years back, maybe 20 years ago, we invited, that's not a few years, I know, okay? <laughs> Let me off the hook. We invited a Christian illusionist, because I didn't want to call him a magic in church, it was an illusionist. And I wanted to make sure that none of the saints thought we believed in magic. So I was following the, the illusionist around, telling how he did every one of his tricks. Oh, yeah, that's coming out of his back pocket. <laughs> oh, he set that off. He got a lighter. You know, I was really messing up the fall festival. <laughs> and, and I guess he got tired. And all of a sudden, the watch I had on ended up on his hand on his wrist and I said oh no oh, this is I, and I said, I said I said oh this the devil the devil that got it. this man didn't got the watch oh my gosh and I, and, and I don't know if you've ever been in that place where I was just paralyzed with the hey he, he, he did that you know did the spirit I, just, I was messed up and I think that same way was with the soldiers at the tomb they were messed up they were confused. And it was almost like you couldn't blame them for being in shock, but you saw the women like go in and do something. And, and what I did with the, with the illusionist is I said, hey, look, man, you know, we paying you and everything. You're going to have to tell me how you did that. <laughs> and he said, when you weren't paying attention, when, when you was focused on trying to trick me, he said, I, I, I held your hand and you didn't notice it. I took your watch off of you put it on my wrist. That's what I did. And I said, yeah, now I know the truth. This ain't no real magic. You, done, you stole my watch. Thank God I saw it because you could have walked off with that watch. What if they were seeking Jesus? What if they were trying to get the information that led them to life? They were obviously interested because when they crucified him and after he, he, was, he, he was dead, the soldier looked up and said, truly, this is the son of God. This is what happens to us. We, 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 we get all of the information. We got the dead body, the sinless life, the empty tomb. And instead of believing it, we concoct a lie. How do you know? Because this is what the soldiers did. You know what the soldiers did? Look, look at verse, uh, look at, just put that up, uh, uh, Matthew 28, 11. Ready, read. This is what they did. So they told him, y'all, you know what? The tomb is empty. Jesus didn't got up. Read. 
I need y'all to lie. Read. You mean to tell me on the soldier side, not only did they go to Jesus' enemy instead of going into the tomb and getting more revelation from the angel and more revelation from Jesus showing up in their life, they went into Jesus' enemy and they bought a lie. Because if you don't lean into Jesus, then you're leaning away from him and every step along the way, you'll find people that'll give you evidence and reasons why you can do opposite of what the gospel message is. They lied, and that lie exists today. And I told you, you and I were a player in the story. Are you making the decision to believe the lie or the decision to believe the truth? Are you making the decision like the soldiers and the chief priests that knew the correct information and rather suppress the truth than give way to the truth? Yes, you can be afraid. The soldiers were afraid and Mary and them was afraid. But you cannot live in fear. Well, what if he not, what if he not the right one? He said, taste and see, test me, try me, come to me. You don't believe he's real? Really ask him some hard questions. He'll show up. And when you're in pain and when you're in confusion, he'll meet you along the way. Because seeking equals finding and finding equals worship. When I was in that moment in my life, I remember my worship moment in finding Jesus. I had been around church my whole life. I had said I was a Christian and lived like a hellion. It was amazing to me that I could do everything that the unsanctified, I could do everything, I did it, I did what I wanted to do. And threw Jesus in the boot. Knew better all the time. So I had undealt with anger, undealt with frustration and emotions. And one night I saw some skinheads that were, that were harassing an interracial couple. And in a fit of rage and anger and bringing my own justice, I went and got a bat. And running down the hill with intentions that couldn't be good, and I'm sure that hitting somebody in their head was my intention, which could have impaired them for life or killed them. I was an athlete, I'm stronger than, not boastful, I'm just stronger than the average person. And I've, I've run down this hill, I got this bat in the air, and I'm going and I'm, and I'm angry and I'm up, it's late at night, and I hear mercy come. And it sounded like this. The, not the police, the police. <laughs> the popo. Okay. What you doing? I said, I don't know. They said, why you got that bad? I dropped it. And they said, get out of here. And whoo, I feel an emotion at that moment. I, I remember running to the point that I fell on my knees. And every lesson that I had ever heard about Jesus flashed before my eyes in that moment. I didn't need nobody to lead me. Well, what's the perfect prayer? 
And I broke to my face, much like those women who bowed down to the ground and started kissing it in worship. And I said, oh, this, I'm back to my life. This is where my life began, y'all. Wow. None of me. All of you. And I, whoo. And I saw my life go and his life come. And I stayed there on the ground, face rubbing in the dirt, until when I got up, I was new in Christ. I was no longer the same. I had been translated from darkness to light. I, I had come to the point where I could declare I was born again. I instantly didn't think the same, didn't have the right, the same appetite. And I didn't need somebody to tell me what was right and what was wrong because the right one was living on the inside of me, leading me and guiding me into the truth I needed to know instantly. And it wasn't a struggle and it wasn't by my power, or by my might. It was by his spirit and by his involving. And somehow I could have chosen the life of the soldiers. I've chosen it so many times to believe a lie, to dismiss the truth, to dismiss Jesus. But now, I can't do that. I find myself where Mary was after she worshiped. Jesus said, you really want to worship me? He said, then I want you to go and tell my brothers, my disciples, my people, I'm risen. If you really believe me, then you've got an assignment. Then you've got work to do. Because if seeking equals finding, and finding equals worship, then worship equals service. So good, so good. You cannot say, Mary, you really believe, and you don't want to go. You cannot say, I received it, and you just want to stay parked out in Christian safety, in your small group, in your home, in your Starbucks, and you don't ever want to bring the message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he is risen. And yes, I'm saying you're called, you're assigned, you're anointed, you're appointed and married. You didn't just get the message because I wanted you to be happy. I gave you the message so you could be a gospel carrier. Stand to your feet. Pastor Dave, come up with me. I was, I was about to dismiss you and play a video. I'm not going to play it. I think it's time for you to do business with Christ. If you want to make the mistake of just living this life and thinking that you can avoid all of the obvious evidence about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, Go through the motions of being in the places of Jesus and never come into the moment of surrendering to Jesus. Then today you made a mistake because you came to church and Jesus is bringing you to the point of decision. It is easy for you to use this as a religious moment as if you are fulfilling a obligation to show up on Easter Sunday 
But I can sense the Lord like I sensed him telling me in the 6 a.m. prayer to move to Tennessee, that you've got to move out of the place you're in and into his loving arms. You can no longer be on the side of the soldier when he's giving you an example of an open heart and how an open heart responds to him. I want to pray for you if that's you. The second group, because I'm going to call you at the same time. The second group, no, I'm going to pray for the second group first. The second group is you recognize, I know who Jesus is, but I don't do what Jesus says. I worship him when it's a song time, but I don't serve him with my whole life. I'm going to pray for you, and then Pastor Dave is going to pray for those of you who have any prayer needs who need to come to the Lord. Bow your head, close your eyes, even online. Stay focused in this moment. Don't get distracted. If you know you've been seeking Jesus, you're finding him, you've been worshiping him, but you haven't been serving him, and the evidence of your serving is you're advancing the gospel message to other people. You're actually telling them the message. You're living. You're letting your light shine. You know that you've fallen short of this. I don't want anybody looking but me. When I count to three, I just want you to put your hand up fast and take it down fast because I want to pray for you. One, two, three. I saw all of those hands. I'm going to pray for you and then Pastor Dave will pray for the next group. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for all those who raise their hand where they did not have power to say yes and to do your work and do your will, I thank you through the Holy Spirit they're receiving fresh power. As they've turned from apathy and willful disobedience and repented today, God, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you're going to send a supernatural wave of opportunity in their workplaces, in their schools, in their very homes to advance the gospel and see people translated out of darkness to light. This power you're receiving right now is not from man, it's from God. And it can snatch somebody out of darkness and snatch them into life. If you receive that on three, say amen. One, two, three. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Um, if you're new to church, there's been a lot of things today that you say, oh, that was interesting. Wow, they're, they're excited about this. Yes, we are. This isn't an illusion. This isn't a watch being taken by sleight of hand. These are lives being changed that couldn't be changed by something else. We tried everything else, and finally, we flushed drugs down the toilet. We gave up alcohol. Marriages were restored. Homes were brought back together. Addictions were broken. That's the real story of these people. We show you the story so you know it's not an illusion. If you've come to that most important moment for you, that most important decision of your life where you're trying to decide whether or not you're going to keep going towards the Jesus haters who give you every reason to not believe or whether you're going to turn to the disciples and say, would you help me believe? Now I'm talking to you. If you want to give your life to Christ today, but you don't know how, all I want to ask you to do, everybody else just keep praying. That's why your head's bowed, people of God. You're supposed to be praying, right? But if that's you, just look up at me, lock eyes with me, and shake your head up and down when my eyes come to you. Is that you? I see you. I see you. Someone else. Yep. I see you. I see you. If you're looking at me, I think it's you. So yeah, okay. Look up in the back. 
I'm going to take my time because I want to see you. Shake your head up and down if that's you. Okay, I see you. All right. In the middle. Is that you? Shake your head up and down. Okay, man, I see you. Shake your head at me if that's you. Okay, I see that. Thank you. This is your moment. This is an important moment for you. Over here. Is that you? Shake your head yes if it is. Okay. I see you too. Boy, in every section. In the back? I see that. I see you. If that was you and we just locked eyes, this is an important moment for you. I just want you to pray something like this. In your own mind, God can hear our thoughts. The scripture says, Psalm 139 says, he can discern your thoughts from afar. Even before a word comes on your lips, he knows it completely. So you can say it silently in your own mind. You can whisper it under your breath. But say something like this in your own words. Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I know I've done wrong things. Would you please forgive me? I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were brought back to life. I still have doubts mixed in. Would you help my doubts? Would you give me faith? Cleanse my life. I'm giving it to you completely. From this day forward, make me a new person. Make me yours. And now in your own words, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to give you the spirit that can enable you to live his way and to give you a calm assurance, a confident assurance that you indeed are saved. If you just prayed that prayer, your sins are forgiven. Your life is cleansed. The history of your life is now split in two, marked down this day. Ministry team, I want to invite you to come forward. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you, be brave. Go tell the disciples. Grab somebody who came with you. Say, would you come with me? I got to tell somebody. If nothing else, turn to the person you came with and say, I prayed that prayer. If you don't do anything else before you leave, you say, I prayed that prayer. Let somebody know that you trust. But the ministry team will be down here. Whether you prayed the first prayer or the second prayer, you have any, if you have any prayer needs at all, they are here to minister to you. I encourage you to do that. Let me say a prayer of you and we will go. Lord, thank you so much for these faithful people of God who have come to worship you on this important day of the year. We believe that resurrection power is not just a story we tell, it's a life that we live. And we ask that you would help us to live a life of resurrection power. As we go to meals and celebrations and family gatherings and whatever else there may be today, take us in a spirit of worship and help us to find the times where we can tell our story, which is your story of encountering us along the way and changing everything for us. Lord, we give you praise. Now, we have more, pray, more reasons to give you praise now than we did before. God's people, would you praise God now for new life in Christ? Would you praise God for those whose eternity has been forever changed? Would you praise him for resurrection power? We're not just sending you now just as an ending of the service. We're sending you on mission with God. You go find the way he wants you to serve. You go seek him. Thank you so much for worshiping together today. It's been a joyful day. Go in that same joy as you leave this place. Go with God.